Good morning, Rashini Rajkumar here. And as always on Sundays at this time, you will get Dr. David Hilden on Healthy Matters. And one of my favorite ways to spend time with him is the open line show, which we do roughly every other Sunday. Phone lines are open, text lines are open, 651-989-9226. And I promise you we'll get to you if you call us. We will definitely try to get to you if you text us. But uh, Dr. Hilden, so much to get into today. It's been an, an eventful week, I would say, in your world. Indeed, it has. Good morning, Rashini. Good, to, good to be with you. And thanks to Blois Olson for covering last week. He did. It was great to be with Blois. But it's always good to have you back with us on a Sunday morning. Yeah, these well, open line you. shows. Yeah, these open line shows are like you know we're drinking coffee and talking about what's on people's mind. At least I'm drinking coffee. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll move to my more active part of the day uh, in a bit. It's, it's funny. It's been very busy at work. It's just been unbelievably busy at work. But yesterday I took the day off. And I, I may, may or may not have gotten one of those exercise bikes. And so I'm trying to work out a little bit more. I'm trying to get back into running and be a little more active because, you know, you, know, you just need to find a little bit of relief from, at least I do, from the, from the hospital. Where, well, you where do I also have to be careful because I know you're coming off injury. And just mm-hmm. as you would tell your patients, you've got to be careful getting back into things. Exactly. I broke an ankle bone, you know, and for four and a half months, I was pretty much a couch potato. And as people know, I run. And so uh, uh, I'm I'm getting back into it. I'm getting back into running a little biking. I'm going to, you know, but here's my theory. I think just by buying an exercise bike, I now have a six pack abs and, you know, and I'm in shape just by looking at it. (laughs) Just looking at it. Do you have to actually get on it? That's what I want to know. It's visualization, they call that. Visualization. (laughs) Can I still sit and watch the Vikings on TV and look at the exercise bike and just get in shape that way? That's that's How about exercising on that bike while you watch the Vikings? Oh, come on, Rashini. Now you're saying I have to move. Well, I'm just giving the doc a little taste of his own medicine. (laughs) Yeah, that's good advice. So I'm getting back into it. I'm going to get back into uh, a little more exercise now that I'm a little healthier and my my ankle healed at least. So, yeah, do like I do like I do, and that means uh, everybody. It's hard to stay active, you know, when it gets colder. But I think it's so important, even if it's walking. I tell people walking is one of the best exercises. You don't have to um, run a marathon. You just have to walk or do a bike or jog or do yoga. Just somehow be active is so important during this time. Yeah, activity is really important and. This is our open line show today with Dr. Hilden. You can give us a call. We're already getting calls coming in, 651-989-9226. It's also a time, Dr. Hilden, where people have a lot of questions, as they usually do for you, Mm -hmm. on COVID. We are going to get into this later in my show today. You will join me on Real Talk with Rashini at 1035. So if we miss your COVID questions, join us again. Come back and join us then because he is going to talk about this vaccine coming out. But real quickly, can you tell us what's happening tomorrow when it comes to this vaccine in Hennepin Healthcare? Yeah, we anticipate getting it tomorrow or perhaps the next day. Um, they The vaccines are shipping out of, I believe, two locations in Michigan and Wisconsin. And they're, they're coming UPS and FedEx is what is what I understand. And they have to be kept at the deep freeze. So we are going to be receiving our vaccines either tomorrow or perhaps the next day. Uh, and we have our freezer. Um, most of the large hospital systems, to my knowledge, have a big freezer. We do. It's in, an un- it's in a secured location but undisclosed in a portion of the hospital. And it, it keeps the vaccine at minus 94 degrees. It's a wow. deep freeze. It's got to be that cold or the, 
the genetic material in the vaccine degrades if it, if it thaws out too quickly. So we're ready to go for that. And then we, we have a, a, we've developed a system for, for distributing the vaccine to the healthcare workers. So healthcare workers are considered group 1A meaning the first folks to get it by the, by the Minnesota Department of Health, which, then, which in turn uses guidance from the CDC. So we are Group 1A, but even within Group 1A, there's three subgroups. So those who are caring for patients in the hospital with COVID, those will be the first subgroup of Group 1A. That would be the nurses, doctors, respiratory therapists, the environmental service, housekeeping workers, anybody who is in direct contact with a patient with a, with a hospitalized version of COVID. They're 1A. And then we move on to group, the, the second group, and then the third group. And we're, we're pretty confident that within the next several weeks, I don't know how many of that is. I'm hopeful it's three or four, but maybe, you know, three, four, five weeks that we will have enough vaccine to vaccinate all the healthcare workers at the hospital. But there's so many unknowns. Right. I think we're just going to open up the box from from the shippers tomorrow and see how many vials are in it. We've mm-hmm. been told how many they're supposed to be. It's something like our hospital is going to get a couple thousand doses tomorrow. You know, it's um, just interesting because you are in such a, in right in the middle of such a moment in history. Again, this is Healthy Matters Open Line Show. We are going to take all of your calls. There are a lot of calls and texts already coming in, Dr. Hilden. So let's take a quick break on this Sunday, December 13th edition of Healthy Matters, 651-989-9226, when we come back. We are back. Dr. David Hilden and Roshini Rajkumar on this Sunday edition of Healthy Matters Open Line Show, 651-989-9226. We already have some calls. Let's start with Marsha in St. Paul. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I'm a healthcare worker with a vaccination question. Is it known if those who get the vaccine can still be carriers? Won't our aides at work still need to properly wear their PPE when they take care of our residents? Thank you. I'll hang, I'll hang up and listen. Certainly, Marcia. That's a great question. And the answer is yes. We still have to wear all of our personal protective equipment. I'm going to guess in healthcare, you're going to have to do that for the next six months. So if you're wondering when you can take your mask off, I'm talking to healthcare workers. If you're wondering when that's going to come off, it isn't going to be anytime soon. Um, that's not that's not to be discouraging. That's but the vaccine has been shown to be highly effective, highly effective in the seventy thousand people who already got it at at reducing your risk of getting COVID nineteen. It really does seem to protect you. What is not known, and this is a, a, a nuanced point, but what is not known is you might still have a little bit of that virus in your nose that that because uh, it got in there and you could still pass that on. We don't know that yet. I think it's highly unlikely that um, in the future, those who got vaccinated are going to be the problem. But it is still possible that you could pass it on to others. It could be in your nose. In other words, the virus has to get into your nose where it sets up shop. If you have the vaccine, you're going to be able to kill that virus very quickly. But the vaccine, the antibodies get to your nose kind of last. They go to your lungs and all the other places, but that little kind of 
wet area of your nose might be one of the last places. So a virus could get in there, and before your body has had time to kill it, you could be carrying it in your nose and therefore pass it on. Um, so healthcare workers will need to wear your masks, your eye shields, and all that for the foreseeable future. I, I'm, I'm guessing many, many months. So tell everybody, Marcia, where you work that, yes, still have to wear the masks even after the, after the vaccine. All right, Dr. Hilden, here's a related text, and then we'll go back to the phone lines. How much protection, if any, does one develop after receiving just the first dose of the vaccine? How long is the wait before one gets the second vaccine dose? Yeah, you get um, the, the early data show that there is some protection after the first vaccine. I mean, we're talking fairly quickly within days. But that is incomplete. And so you need the booster shot. With the Pfizer vaccine, that booster shot is in three weeks. With the Moderna vaccine, which has not yet been approved but probably will be next week, that one will be four weeks. So between three or four weeks later, you do need the second shot. It is inadequate to just get the first one. That being said, you might have a little protection from the first shot, but it's inadequate for the long haul. So you do need the second dose with both of these vaccines that are coming out now. All right. Good to know. Bob is on the line from Minneapolis. Good morning, Bob. Um, good morning, Virginia. Dr. Hilton, I want to provide some background, and then I'll ask my question to you. Um, I suffer from treatment-resistant depression. Um, I've taken many, many medications over the years. Most had no impact. Um, one did work, but when we increased the dose, it stopped working. Um, a recent medication I took affected my eyes. It was one of the side effects at the bottom of the list, but it happened, and it took... Um, a couple of days for my eyes to recover after I stopped taking medication. Um, I've been open about my struggles with depression, and I describe myself as like the people in the resulty medication commercials who hold the smiley face paddle in front of their face, but then are depressed behind the face. Um, my question is, I've been looking into transcranial magnetic stimulation, TSM, or, I'm sorry, TMS. I didn't know what your thoughts are on it. I've heard about success with it, and I didn't know if you knew of any places that are doing it in the time of COVID-19? Hi, Bob. That's a great question. And thank you for for giving us that information. You have um, given a really good explanation of what um, people who are experiencing depression can sometimes go through. You might look like you know, you're know you okay on the outside, but inside you're not. And you've tried all these medications. You've tried things, and yet it's, it's recurrent. Um, so thank you for your call and for your honesty and telling us about your experience. I want to follow that up by saying that I am not a psychiatrist and I'm not an expert in this issue. And so I want I don't ever want to let people think that I'm saying that when I give responses that I'm an expert in when I'm not. Um, but that being the case, I have heard about TMS. It's a little um, uh, stimulator. And I have heard anecdotally, meaning stories from people who got some relief from that. And and I never discount the stories of people who who got that. That being said, I don't have the data about is it scientifically rigorously studied for depression. It is not to my knowledge. It doesn't mean it hasn't been studied, but is it has it risen to the level of other treatments? I don't believe so. Um, but that doesn't mean it might not work for some people. So um, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a resource. I suggest you go to NAMI, N-A-M-I. Um, the National Association for Mental Illness. The NAMI Minnesota has great resources, and and they they might not be up up now, but call them during during the work week and see if they have um, some ideas about that. If they do, they can at least they can at least point you in the right direction. If they don't personally know, that's NAMI N A M I. They're a great organization for people with mental illness. 
Uh, I'm sorry, I can't give you more specifics than that because that would be uh, beyond my area of expertise. But best wishes to you, Bob. I, I'm, I'm thrilled for you that you are continuing to seek out additional treatments. That is exactly what you should be doing. So best wishes to you. You're listening to Healthy Matters on WCCO Radio with Dr. David Hilden and Rashini Rajkumar. Open lines today, 651-989-9226. And a reminder that I promise I'll get to you if you call us. I'll try to get to you if you text us. We have a lot of texts coming in, and I don't know if we'll get to all of them. So definitely do try us. Dr. Hilden, you know, his question really makes me think about just Hennepin Healthcare in general. You're not one hospital downtown, so if it's not in your area of, of expertise, my guess is you do have other colleagues who could help our listeners. Exactly, and thanks for for mentioning that, Rashini. We are, uh, you know, everybody remembers we're called Hennepin Healthcare, but we're also a big hospital in downtown Minneapolis called HCMC. Uh, but we, that's not all. We have the Minnesota's most modern state-of-the-art clinic facility is also downtown. But we also have a clinic that is beautiful in um, uh, Brooklyn Park. You should see the one up there. It's, it is gorgeous. And they have a, a range of um, services. You know, they have subspecialists. They have physical therapy. They have acupuncture. We're in Golden Valley, Richfield. We're in Whittier in South Minneapolis, which is just an anchor in the South Minneapolis community in Whittier. Our East Lake Clinic is temporarily closed because of issues from this last year, but it's going to be opening up better than ever in 2021. So we are a clinic system throughout the metro area. I, I appreciate you bringing that one up. I want to bring up one other thing before we go to the calls, if I have a minute. Our EMS department, our paramedics, we are all over the western metro area, and you want those folks to show up um, uh, when you need a, a 911 call. They are helping people with um, for uh, this year with getting socks for, for folks who are experiencing homelessness and other housing insecurity. So I want to encourage everybody to go to the Facebook, go, go, to, go to your Facebook page and check out Hennepin EMS. That's Emergency Medical Services. Hennepin EMS. Like that page and, it'll, and learn how you can donate socks. They have ambulance, ambulances full of socks. I hope you can contribute to that. All right. Really quick question before we go to break. We have more callers uh, waiting, but this person texted in early in the show. What are the first signs of Parkinson's disease? Yeah, Parkinson's disease is a neuromuscular disorder that um, affects not only your, your, your thought process, that's a later thing, but mostly your, your, your muscular movement. So some of the first things are a little tremor in your hand. It's a slow tremor in your hand. It's not one of those fast ones. It's slow. You might have a little shuffling in your gait, but um, you might have a little rigidity in your arms and your legs where they're just not as flexible and loose as they used to be. And then you might have a little bit of um, a change in your mood and your thinking process might slow down. So it can, it can take decades for that or it can be much quicker over years. So look for that muscle rigidity, look for a slow tremor, and look for a little bit more trouble with your balance and your gait. Those would be some of the earliest features of it. Again, it is our Healthy Matters open line show, 651-989-9226. Give us a call. Give us a text. We have to take a quick break. We have some callers waiting. We have lots of texts, so be sure to call us. Dr. Hilden will have answers. We are back. Healthy Matters. Dr. David Hilden. And Rashini Rajkumar, a quick text, and then we have a special uh, guest calling in today, Dr. Hilden. This person says, what is the name of the place to inquire about mental health services again? 
Um, that's called NAMI. It's the National Association for Mental Illness. Um, I could get. Uh, I don't know the exact name of the med site, but I believe it is literally NAMI um, Minnesota dot org, um, which is N A M I. It might be dot com. Um, it, yeah, if oh, you I'm Google sorry. it. Yeah, if they Google, Google it. it. Yep. It's it's N A M I M N dot org. NAMI Minnesota. Excellent tip. All right, we have a special guest on the line. He is paramedic John Sylvester. And Dr. Hilden, why is John joining us today? Hey, John, thanks for calling in today. You're one of our medics I uh, at the hospital. You're going to talk about our sock drive. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me this morning. I've, uh, I've been at it since about 4.30 this morning unpacking boxes, and uh, we still have probably about eight hours worth of work here to do just for the first day of delivery that we've received so far. Tell us, tell our listeners, what what is the paramedic sock drive from the Hennepin EMS department? Well, uh, Hennepin EMS, we provide a vast majority of the emergency medical, uh, pre-hospital emergency medical services here in the city of Minneapolis. And we see every day uh, people experiencing homelessness. Um, one of the biggest needs folks have is for high-quality winter socks. Many of these folks are forced, uh, forced to walk almost constantly um, around the city to seek shelter, food, medical care services. Um, And because of that, they're highly susceptible to cold weather foot injuries like frostbite or, you know, what we understand in the colloquial would be trench foot. Um, And these conditions can result in an ambulance ride, an ER visit, hospitalization, oftentimes surgeries, including amputations, uh, visits to our burn center, and then long rehab. And we can go upstream with some of these injuries uh, very easily with a high-quality pair of socks. Um, And so each fall uh, and into the winter, kind of the holiday season, we try to collect as many as we can, and then we give them out through the ambulance. Um, They go out through our ER uh, partners at the the HCMC. The burn center takes a bunch. Podiatry takes a bunch uh, here at the hospital, but a vast majority go out to our community service partners. So, um, the street teams, the nonprofits, uh, the people that are out and about, we give them to the shelters, um, youth shelters, adult shelters, women's shelters, that sort of thing. So we get these out as best we can. Um, and this year, like I said, we have been very blessed. Right. And your sock drive is going through January 8th. And what's, where is the easiest location for people to drop off these socks? So in the past, we've had drop-off boxes. We still do have one on the uh, second floor uh, red building at HCMC. Right now, we are focusing primarily on um, online contactless donations. We've had a huge success uh, this year with people um, going either to our Target registry on Target.com. Uh, just search Hennepin EMS on Target.com. You'll find our registry right there. Or on Amazon. Um, just search Hennepin EMS on Amazon. You'll find our wish list there. Um, and you can click buy, and it's shipped directly to us here at EMS. So you don't even have to come in. Um, it comes directly here to us in packages, and uh, we get it out into the world. What a great program. And, John, if I could just say, um, first of all, thank you for this program. Thank you for what you're doing for our people who are experiencing homelessness, and thank you to the donors. But I also want to just tell listeners, I personally know many of our paramedics. I've been in those ambulances. I have ridden along with them. And I want to thank you not just for the sock drive, for what you do every single day, 24-7 for the people of this community. Our paramedics are part of our community. Our EMS department is as good as they come. So thank you for that. And thank you for the sock drive and for calling us and telling us about it today. Yeah, thanks, John. Have a great day and good luck with the drive. We'll mention it uh, another time and then on this show today, and then I'll mention it on my show later today. So good luck and uh, stay warm out there. Hey, will do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
Yeah, I mean, those first responders, I mean, all of you, but especially when you're out in the field, I, I just have so much respect and uh, really honored that you are serving in the way that you're serving. All right, let's get back to the phone and text line 651-989-9226 on this open line edition of Healthy Matters. This listener says, we are snowbirds from January through March in Florida. How will we be notified? It is our turn to receive the vaccine. We have underlying health conditions. That's a great question. And and some of the details aren't entirely clear yet because um, manufacturing and logistics and all that are quite complex. Uh, the, the people with, and it's being done differently by state. So you'll have to figure out what Florida is doing. I would get it in Florida if you're living in Florida in the next few months and see how they're doing it. After healthcare workers, states are, are I, the big question, the million dollar question actually is who do you do after the healthcare workers? Do you do older folks and nursing home residents because they're more at risk? Or do you do um, people that we sometimes call essential workers, bus drivers, grocery store clerks, the people that have that are so essential to getting us rolling again? Those are two schools of thought. And everybody is going to get a vaccine. But who gets it now and who gets it next month and who has to wait three months? So look to see what Florida is doing in Minnesota. We are going to be, we rely on the Minnesota Department of Health. That's the website I would go to. Minnesota Department of Health, one of the premier uh, departments in the country. But if you're living in Florida, check it out um, in Florida. All right. So we've got tons of calls coming in, Dr. Hilden. We will get to as many as we can. Again, I promise we'll get to you if you call in. If if you text us, I'll try. Jim is calling from Hopkins. Good morning, Jim. Oh, good morning, everyone. I am a a COVID survivor. I had it last April and May and part of June, and I was, you know, had the ventilator and the whole bit. My question is, now I've seen two conflicting type opinions. One that said if you're a survivor, you probably already have the antibodies and you shouldn't need the vaccine. And another said what was just the opposite, that if you have a a compromised immune system, and I am diabetic, yeah. and I'm 70 years old, Jim, and I'm, I'm the, the, a cancer survivor. Do you think that I would need the the vaccine when it's available? That's a that's a yes. That's a firm yes. The first school of thought you mentioned is uh, um, is not as likely. Um, the reason is this: when you get the the COVID nineteen infection naturally in the world, your level of immunity is unknown and variable. It might you might got a little teeny dose, you might have a huge dose. You don't know because and you don't know how much your body responded. When you get the vaccine, it's crystal clear. It is not you're not getting the you're not getting COVID in the vaccine. You're not even getting a killed version of COVID. You're getting the recipe to make a virus. That's what the vaccine is. And so when you get the vaccine, it is much, much, much more reliable. We don't know how long your antibodies lasted, um, Jim. And although First of all, I'm so glad you got better because you were ill. You were on a ventilator. You probably have some good antibodies, but we don't know how long they're going to last. So I would get the vaccine even if you've had COVID-19. That's a fairly um, important point. People should, just about everybody, should be getting the vaccine. All right, let's stick with our phone lines because they're ringing off the hook for you today. Don is calling from New Richmond. Good morning, Don. Good morning. Go I right have ahead. a question. Uh, to get the first shot of the vaccine from one manufacturer, does the second one need to be the same manufacturer? 
Yes, um, it does. Um, now, the Moderna one, in, now you're in New Richmond. I don't know what they're doing in Wisconsin. I really don't. But in Minnesota, the Moderna vaccine made by the company Moderna is going to come in a week or two. That one's going to go to long-term care facilities, nursing homes, places like that, whereas the Pfizer one is going to go to hospitals. Um, both of them are going to be, as far as I can tell, equivalent. They're both going to work, but you do need to get the same one. You need to get the the either the virus or the Pfizer or the Moderna one. Okay, Catherine is on the line from Blaine. Hi, Catherine. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call, Joshini. Um, okay, so I have a couple of questions. I understand. Um, I'm in I'm in my seventies. I do have allergies. Uh, I do have bronch- uh, bronchitis that I get occasionally, and I'm just wondering. Is that going to be one of the exceptions that people with that condition should not get the vaccine? I've heard a couple of different conflicting stories on it. So I'm kind of wondering if Dr. Hilden can clear that up for me. Certainly, Catherine. Um, um, You should still get the vaccine, almost everybody, even with allergies. Um, It was a little unfortunate that the news story out of Great Britain got way ahead of itself. They had two people. They had two people who had a little breathing problem with the vaccine. That is not uncommon with vaccines. It's nothing new about this one. And their their symptoms weren't as severe as everybody thinks. Um, If you had Here's the people that should tell your your vaccine giver, the provider, if you had anaphylaxis, that means when you got a previous vaccine, you stopped breathing. You could you cho- you were choking and you couldn't breathe. That's a severe reaction. You should tell every doctor you ever see that you had that. However, if you just if you have environmental allergies or asthma or hay fever, or you have bee sting allergies and you have to carry an EpiPen, or if you've got food allergies, you can mention that to the person, but that should not prevent you from getting this vaccine. We manage those things all the time. Uh, It's only if you had severe anaphylactic reactions, which are very, well, they're not, they're rare actually, yeah, but, but they're not unheard of. So those of you who had that should should be um, maybe think maybe you should delay getting the vaccine until we have it perfectly under control. But everybody else, go for it. All right. So here is a question that I want to get to before we go to break. I am a flight attendant. What category am I in? Well, I think it should be a very high category because we need to get our – we need. To Sounds get like a 1A to me. It does, but I'll bet it's not. Um, uh, my guess is that uh, I don't know. And my it's also probably the state that you're based in. In Minnesota, it will not be a 1A. Um, it's the same thing with like school teachers. Flight attendants and school teachers, in my opinion, should be way up at the front. But at the same time, I doubt we just don't have enough, at least in the first month or two. So you might be a couple months down the road. Um, but my that you would be what I would call an essential worker, a flight attendant, um, uh, something that we uh, critical to the functioning of our society, I would say. Um, and so certain st- where does that person fit in? If there's if there's down to the last vaccine, do they give it to a person in a nursing home or do they give it to one of the essential workers? That isn't entirely clear and reasonable people can differ on what should happen with that. 
So that's why I just I'm just hoping the the manufacturing can just ramp up enormously so that everybody will have it in the next few months. So I think that'll be, be the case. Right. So we don't have to make those decisions. Make those yeah. decisions exactly. All right. Open lines with Dr. David Hilden on Healthy Matters continues. We have to take a quick break. We have callers waiting. I will promise you we'll get to our calls. So if you are worried your question won't get asked, call it in instead of texting. 651-989-9226. We are back. Healthy Matters. Dr. David Hilden and Rashini Rajkumar. A quick text and then we have a special uh, guest calling in today, Dr. Hilden. This person says, what is the name of the place to inquire about mental health services again? Um, that's called NAMI. It's the National Association for Mental Illness. Um, I could get, uh, I don't know the exact name of the med site, but I believe it is literally NAMIMinnesota.org, um, which is N-A-M-I. It might be .com. Um, it, yeah, if oh, you I'm Google sorry. it. Yeah, if they Google, Google it. it. Yeah. It's, it's N-A-M-I-M-N.org, NAMI Minnesota. Excellent tip. All right, we have a special guest on the line. He is paramedic John Sylvester. And Dr. Hilden, why is John joining us today? Hey, John, thanks for calling in today. You're one of our medics I uh, at the hospital. You're going to talk about our sock drive. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me this morning. I've uh... I've been at it since about 4.30 this morning unpacking boxes, and uh, we still have probably about eight hours worth of work here to do just for the first day of delivery that we've received so far. Well, tell, us, tell our listeners, what, what is the paramedic sock drive from the Hennepin EMS department? Well, uh, Hennepin EMS, we provide a uh, vast majority of the emergency medical, uh, pre-hospital emergency medical services here in the city of Minneapolis, and we see every day uh, people experiencing homelessness. Um, one of the biggest needs folks have is for high-quality winter socks. Many of these folks are forced, uh, forced to walk almost constantly um, around the city to seek shelter, food, medical care services. Um, and because of that, they're highly susceptible to cold-weather foot injuries like frostbite or you know, what we understand in the colloquial would be trench foot. Um, and these conditions can result in an ambulance ride, an ER visit, hospitalization, oftentimes surgeries, including amputations, uh, visits to our burn center, and then long rehab. And we can go upstream with some of these injuries uh, very easily with a high-quality pair of socks. Um, and so each fall uh, and into the winter, kind of the holiday season, we try to collect as many as we can, and then we give them out to the ambulance. Um, they go out through our ER uh, partners at the head of, at, uh, HCMC. The burn center takes a bunch. Podiatry takes a bunch. Uh, here at the hospital, but a vast majority go out to our community service partners. So um, the street teams, the nonprofits, uh, the people that are out and about, we give them to the shelters, um, youth shelters, adult shelters, women's shelters, that sort of thing. So we get these out as best we can. Um, and this year, like I said, we have been very blessed. Right, and your sock drive is going through January 8th. And what's, where is the easiest location for people to drop off these socks? So in the past, we've had drop-off boxes. We still do have one on the uh, second floor uh, red building at HCMC. Right now, we are focusing primarily on um, online contactless donations. We've had a huge success uh, this year with people um, going either to our Target registry on Target.com. Just search Hennepin EMS on Target.com. You'll find our registry right there or on Amazon. Um, Just search Hennepin EMS on Amazon. You'll find our wish list there. Um, And you can click 
buy, and it's shipped directly to us here at EMS. So you don't even have to come in. Um, comes directly here to us in packages, and uh, we get it out into the world. What a great program. And, John, if I could just say, um, first of all, thank you for this program. Thank you for what you're doing for our people who are experiencing homelessness, and thank you to the donors. But I also want to just tell listeners, I personally know many of our paramedics. I've been in those ambulances. I have ridden along with them. And I want to thank you not just for the sock drive, for what you do every single day, 24-7 for the people of this community. Our paramedics are part of our community. Our EMS department is as good as they come. So thank you for that. And thank you for the sock drive and for calling us and telling us about it today. Yeah, thanks, John. Have a great day and good luck with the drive. We'll mention it uh, another time and then on this show today, and then I'll mention it on my show later today. So good luck and uh, stay warm out there. Hey, will do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, those first responders, I mean, all of you, but especially when you're out in the field, I I just have so much respect and uh, really honored that you are serving in the way that you're serving. All right, let's get back to the phone and text line 651-989-9226 on this open line edition of Healthy Matters. This listener says, we are snowbirds from January through March in Florida. How will we be notified? It is our turn to receive the vaccine. We have underlying health conditions. That's a great question, and and some of the details aren't entirely clear yet because um, it, manufacturing and logistics and all that are quite complex. Uh, the the people with and it's being done differently by state, so you'll have to figure out what Florida is doing. I would get it in Florida if you're living in Florida in the next few months and see how they're doing it. After healthcare workers, states are are either, the big question, the million dollar question actually is who do you do after the healthcare workers? Do you do older folks and nursing home residents because they're more at risk? Or do you do um, people that we sometimes call essential workers, bus drivers, grocery store clerks, the people that have that are so essential to getting us rolling again? Those are two schools of thought. And everybody is going to get a vaccine, but who gets it now and who gets it next month and who has to wait three months? So look to see what Florida is doing. In Minnesota, we are going to be, we rely on the Minnesota Department of Health. That's the website I would go to, Minnesota Department of Health, one of the premier departments in the country. But if you're living in Florida, check it out um, in Florida. All right, so we've got tons of calls coming in, Dr. Hilden. We will get to as many as we can. Again, I promise we'll get to you if you call in. If we te- if you text us, I'll try. Jim is calling from Hopkins. Good morning, Jim. Oh, good morning, everyone. I am a, a COVID survivor. I had it last April and May and part of June, and I was, you know, had the ventilator and the whole bit. My question is, now I've seen two conflicting type opinions. One that said if you're a survivor, you probably already have the antibodies and you shouldn't need the vaccine. And another said what was just the opposite, that if you have a a compromised immune system, and I am diabetic and I'm 70 years old and I'm a cancer survivor, do you think that I would need the, the vaccine when it's available? That's a that's a yes. That's a firm yes. The first school of thought you mentioned is uh, um, is not as likely. Um, the reason is this: when you get the the COVID nineteen infection naturally in the world, your level of immunity is unknown and variable. It might you might got a little teeny dose, you might have a huge dose. You don't know because and you don't know how much your body responded. 
when you get the vaccine, it's crystal clear. It is not you're not getting the you're not getting COVID in the vaccine. You're not even getting a killed version of COVID. You're getting the recipe to make a virus. That's what the vaccine is. And so when you get the vaccine, it is much, much, much more reliable. We don't know how long your antibodies lasted, um, Jim. And although First of all, I'm so glad you got better because you were ill. You were on a ventilator. You probably have some good antibodies, but we don't know how long they're going to last. So I would get the vaccine even if you've had COVID-19. That's a fairly um, important point. People should, just about everybody should be getting the vaccine. All right, let's stick with our phone lines because they're ringing off the hook for you today. Don is calling from New Richmond. Good morning, Don. Good morning. Go I right have ahead. a question. Uh, to get the first shot of the vaccine from one manufacturer, does the second one need to be the same manufacturer? Yes, um, it does. Um, now, the Moderna one, in, now you're in New Richmond. I don't know what they're doing in Wisconsin. I really don't. But in Minnesota, the Moderna vaccine made by the company Moderna is going to come in a week or two. That one's going to go to long-term care facilities, nursing homes, places like that, whereas the Pfizer one is going to go to hospitals. Um, both of them are going to be, as far as I can tell, equivalent. They're both going to work, but you do need to get the same one. You need to get the the either the virus or the Pfizer or the Moderna one. Okay, Catherine is on the line from Blaine. Hi, Catherine. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call, Joshini. Um, okay, so I have a couple of questions. I understand. Um, I'm in I'm in my seventies. I do have allergies. Uh, I do have bronch- uh, bronchitis that I get occasionally, and I'm just wondering. Is that going to be one of the exceptions that people with that condition should not get the vaccine? I've heard a couple of different conflicting stories on it. So I'm kind of wondering if Dr. Hilden can clear that up for me. Certainly, Catherine. Um, um, You should still get the vaccine, almost everybody, even with allergies. Um, It was a little unfortunate that the news story out of Great Britain got way ahead of itself. They had two people. They had two people who had a little breathing problem with the vaccine. That is not uncommon with vaccines. It's nothing new about this one. And their their symptoms weren't as severe as everybody thinks. Um, If you had Here's the people that should tell your your vaccine giver, the provider, if you had anaphylaxis, that means when you got a previous vaccine, you stopped breathing. You could you cho- you were choking and you couldn't breathe. That's a severe reaction. You should tell every doctor you ever see that you had that. However, if you just if you have environmental allergies or asthma or hay fever, or you have bee sting allergies and you have to carry an EpiPen, or if you've got food allergies, you can mention that to the person, but that should not prevent you from getting this vaccine. We manage those things all the time. Uh, It's only if you had severe anaphylactic reactions, which are very, well, they're not, they're rare actually, yeah, but, but they're not unheard of. So those of you who had that should should be um, maybe think maybe you should delay getting the vaccine until we have the perfectly under control. But everybody else, go for it. So here is a question that I want to get to before we go to break. I am a flight attendant. What category am I in? Well, I think it should be a very high category because we need to get our we need to sounds get like a one A to me. 
It does, but I'll bet it's not. Um, uh, my guess is that uh, I don't know. And my it's also probably the state that you're based in. In Minnesota, it will not be a 1A. Um, it's the same thing with like school teachers. Flight attendants and school teachers, in my opinion, should be way up at the front. But at the same time, I doubt we just don't have enough, at least in the first month or two. So you might be a couple months down the road. Um, but my that you would be what I would call an essential worker, a flight attendant, um, uh, something that we uh, critical to the functioning of our society, I would say. Um, and so certain st- where does that person fit in? If there's if there's down to the last vaccine, do they give it to a person in a nursing home or do they give it to one of the essential workers? That isn't entirely clear and reasonable people can differ on what should happen with that. So that's why I just, I'm just hoping the, the manufacturing can just ramp up enormously so that everybody will have it in the next few months. So I think that'll be, be the case. Right. So we don't have to make those decisions. Make those yeah. decisions, exactly. All right, Open Lines with Dr. David Hilden on Healthy Matters continues. We have to take a quick break. We have callers waiting. I will promise you we'll get to our calls. So if you are worried your question won't get asked, call it in instead of texting. 651-989-9226. We have the answers for you here with Dr. Hilden Rashini Rajkumar along with him on Healthy Matters. Phone and text lines are open, 651-989-9226. A real quick response to someone who called in. If you want to donate to the EMS Holiday Sock Drive, go to the Hennepin EMS Facebook page. Jerry has been waiting patiently from Coon Rapids. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. I've had COVID and my wife has had COVID. We've both had moderate cases. It seems like after 300,000 people in Minnesota have had COVID, there's not a lot of information as to what we should be looking for, what we should do, what we should expect um, after having COVID. Yeah, Jerry, I think what you're experiencing is that that we just don't know. Um, you are part of the early group that got it, and and I would, um, if you're having more symptoms, um, you could go in and see somebody. But there is such a thing as the long haulers. There are people who get COVID who have symptoms for months and months afterwards. I would do recommend get your vaccine, continue to wear your mask, do your social distancing, and next summer we'll all have a big celebration. But 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 do um, if you're having more symptoms of pain, shortness of breath, fevers, chills, fatigue, you could call your, your provider and get some advice from for that. All right. We only have five minutes left and lots of text questions. We're going to do a fire round. And for those of you who didn't get your COVID questions answered, Dr. Hilden is joining me as my special guest today on Real Talk with Rashini. He will join us 10.35 a.m. So come back, listen to him then. Phone lines will be open for him on the eve of getting the COVID vaccine at Hennepin Healthcare. All right. Uh, other people have questions about not only things uh, of COVID, although we have a lot of COVID questions. One person says, I have a relative that has stage four cancer, and on the same day, he had blood work, chemo, and radiation treatment. Is this combination done like that on the same day? Is that normal is what they're asking? Yeah, um, the treatments for cancer vary depending on what kind you have. But um, yes, it is common to to um, do a multimodal treatment of cancer, including radiation and chemotherapy and all that stuff. Um, that person also should get the COVID vaccine as soon as possible because you'll be immunosuppressed and 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 it'll be important for it to to be to protect yourself. But yes, that's a that's a that is often done with cancer. All right, this listener wondering if the COVID vaccine will be expensive or will it be free? It will be free to everybody. 
Um, now, if your insurance, uh, no one is going to get charged for the actual vaccine. Some insurance might have a fee to administer it, which is go figure. But no, the vaccine is free. All right. Uh, Barbara has this question. I heard there were four cases of Bell's palsy as a result of the vaccine. I had Bell palsy, Bell's palsy in the past. And am I more at risk at getting it again? I doubt anybody has the answer to that one. Um, it is an un, uh, uncommon but not unheard of um, problem that some people get. We don't know what causes that. Um, I would still recommend you get the vaccine because the, the, the risk and the benefit is certainly in your favor to get the vaccine. All right, Tom from Minneapolis, we're running out of time. If you can make your question really quick, we can get to it. I'm, I'm curious to know what's going to happen to COVID-19. Will it go away like polio or smallpox? Do we know anything about that? Great question. Well, it is a great question. We're hopeful. It will not in the next few years. Uh, um, but you know what? The only disease that's ever been eradicated completely is smallpox. That one's gone. Polio still exists in a few countries in the world. Um, it should be gone if everybody got vaccinated. I'm hopeful that this will be a low-level annoyance over the coming years. And if enough people get vaccinated, herd immunity does not work if it is naturally. Um, uh, we can't let everybody get sick. We, we, millions of people would die. But with the vaccine, we can get to a place where it is just a mild nuisance. And I'm hopeful that it'll go away one day. Um, but it, well, that that was sets into the future. I have All right, Gary and Blaine, can you get your question in in twenty seconds or less? Yes, uh, my wife is eighty years old and she has pulmonary fibrosis, and she's on oxygen at night. But sometimes during the day, should she get this shot or should she ask her doctor? She should for sure get it. Um, she's she's no more likely to get COVID, but if she does get COVID, she's more likely to have a bad outcome from it, Gary. So, yes, she should get this uh, vaccine as soon as it's available to her. She would be one that I would put very high on the list to get it. Um, so that's an unequivocal yes. Our, we'll try to get through this fire round wondering if once we get the vaccination, will we get a card or passport to confirm we've been immunized? I think they they do have a plan to give a card or something, although that raises all kinds of questions about what can employers recommend, require and what can, you know, when do you have to show that thing? I think there will be a little card that says you got it, but um, it is not being mandated by most anybody I know, including my own hospital, um, because it's it's pretty new. And so we're just, and, and we have to meet people where they are. And so, and so uh, you might get a card, but no one's going to be mandating that you get it and like show your card, at least not at, not where I work. All right, this person wondering about funeral directors and when they will get. Another really good question. Um, uh, I, my guess is that there'll be somewhere, uh, I'm speculating, somewhere in that second group of people. I would, I would consider funeral um, uh, directors and morticians like to be essential workers. Clearly, they're essential workers. And so I would, uh, they will probably be um, in a little higher priority group. That's what my speculation is. All right. As always, we get so many calls and texts. We try to balance out sharing your great information and getting to as many people as we can. Thank you to all of our listeners today who called or texted in. If we didn't get to your text, be sure to join us next week for Healthy Matters from 7 to 8 a.m. Call us because we will get to you or text us. Dr. Hilden, how can people reach you if they want to connect directly? 
Yeah, check me out on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, Dr. David Hilden. The Dr. is Dr. David Hilden on Twitter. You can always go to myhealthymatters.org. And if you have more vaccine questions, one of the state's experts, my colleague, Dr. Caitlin Eccles-Radke, an infectious disease doctor, will be talking vaccines next week. All right, and then more of Dr. Hilden on my show, Real Talk with Rashini, today at 10.35 a.m. So tune in then if you didn't get your question in, or if you just want a, a double dose of Dr. Hilden. That's not a bad thing either. All right, we'll catch you next Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m.